0: Trying to conceive can feel isolating or lonely. You might even begin to feel desperate, question your own desires, or want to give up. Especially if we're told by doctors that something is abnormal. Maybe we have unexplained infertility. Especially if we're in the geriatric stage of pregnancy, or if we're just told that our only option will be IVF, IUI, or even adoption. What are we to do? How do we give up all control? How can we not just throw our hands up and give up? When you think you've done everything to prepare for fertility and it's still not enough, you might feel like, what more do I have to do? Well, today's guest, Monica Cox, changed her predetermined course of unexplained infertility, according to doctors, and got pregnant naturally. After nine years of infertility, she has been through it and is empowered to make sure that we don't have the same story. At 27 years old, Monica was seemingly healthy, regular periods, ovulating normally. Her husband was also in great health, but her body was attacking the embryos. Her doctor suggested trying IVF. She then proceeded to have two miscarriages before she got pregnant through IVF. After being beat down, Monica decided to take her future into her own hands and explore functional medicine. The impact this new lifestyle had on her personally encouraged her to get trained as a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner herself. She continued the diet and healthy lifestyle and got pregnant naturally for the first time in nine years. By learning from what she did, We can start to implement those tools today to improve our chances of fertility and fight back against our predetermined course. You're listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting first time mamas guidance and community from moms who have been there. I am your host, Jessica Lorian, but I'm not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease delayed my motherhood journey. So I've made it my mission while I heal to learn with you all about motherhood so that together we can be as prepared as possible and take control back over our fertility. It is time that we advocate for our own bodies and our own fertility. And by the end of this episode, you will know the three things that your doctor isn't telling you about your fertility so that you too can take back control. Here's Monica.
1: The breaking point was after my second failed IVF. I didn't even make it to day 28, even though I was on all these drugs to help me maintain a pregnancy. And I had just spent a year On a very strict paleo diet, I've improved my mindset. We got better embryos this time. We had an amazing embryo put back inside. And yeah, didn't even make it to day 28. If there was like a low point, that was the lowest point. At that point, I truly thought my body was never ever going to get and stay pregnant. Like what else? What else more did I have to do to prove myself? that I was worthy of this, right? I felt like I had done everything that I could possibly do. I even went so far as to print out a surrogacy form and thought, well, that's it. I'm not gonna waste any more embryos. I only have four left, so I'll just get someone else to carry the baby for me. It was pretty devastating. I had one last wild card in my pocket that I could pull out and play and that was the pretty controversial at the time autoimmune testing that I specifically went to this clinic for because I knew my intuition knew that there was something around that that was my issue even though I wasn't presenting as a normal autoimmune I wasn't having regular miscarriages I didn't have thyroid issues but my gut was just telling me that was it so I got talked out of it before I did that round of IVF, the, the doctor who I never saw again, I literally met this man once was like, no, no, just try another round of IVF. I don't think that's your issue. So we went back, we obviously demanded the testing and there it was, there was my answer. I had high natural killer cells, which basically come as a package when you have high natural killer cells, you have so much inflammation going on in your body that it was causing low A quality um, and it was causing my body to attack the embryos, so my body was never able to um, welcome an embryo because my inflammation was so high.
0: For those people who might not be aware, who have never heard of this, these kind of terms and what this all means, when you say I didn't make it to day twenty-eight, <laughs> what does that actually mean?
1: Yeah. So normally, like you have a like a twenty-eight day cycle, right? And everyone's different. You can range from 26 days to like 30 32 days when you're in an ivf round you would expect to make it to at least day 28 of that cycle if not a little bit further because the medication is so strong right you're on so much progesterone and estrogen that your period kind of doesn't come for a while but then you you start testing and you know you're not pregnant that did not, like, I got my period really early and I was just like WTF, like devastated because, um, yeah, like I said, I thought at the time that I had done anything and everything to get to that ultimate goal. And I couldn't even make it. My body couldn't even make it to day
0: 28. What was going on in your mind at this point? Um, I
1: think just like frustration, really. I get a lot of women say the same thing. You know, you are literally have done anything and everything, so you think. And it's just kind of like, what more? Like literally, what more? I had already like rearranged my diet, rearranged my lifestyle. I had, you know, stopped being... The person who i thought i was the party girl you know going out and um here i am now practicing yoga and meditation you know like you feel real you'd given up yeah, so yeah you've given up so much and it was just like what more do i have to do and apparently it wasn't that much more but there were some missing pieces but yeah and i think because i was it, that was about like year five of my journey, so it wasn't like I, you know, a few months in, a few years in, I mean five years, I was just like, I don't really know if I could go that much longer. The hope was still there because we made viable embryos, which the first round of IVF said no. My very first round of IVF, they told me at 30 years old that I had low A quality. There was nothing I can do about it, just keep trying IVF. And that's why we took a break and we tried to figure out some holistic stuff that we could do. So, the viable embryos gave me hope. And then, that wild card of that immune testing, you know, it was just like, okay, one more look. Let's look one more place. And then, when that gave us my answer, I was able to continue through, you know, another three years. (laughs) Like, the journey did not end there.
0: what did it what did it mean to you to get pregnant like why after even 5 years um how could you keep going <laughs> i wish i could say that it was like
1: my drive to be a mom which it was i am very entwined with children. I am the eldest of 14 grandkids on my my mom's side. I've always looked after children. I have an early education BA degree in childhood studies. But I think what kept me going was someone had told me I couldn't. When the doctors told me mm. I could not do it, being a Scorpio, that just triggered <laughs> something in my brain. And I said, okay, watch me. And not that I was set on a mission, like, don't get me wrong, I was only going to do two rounds of IVF. And if those embryos didn't take, in my heart, I knew I was done with medical assistance. So it wasn't like a, I'm going to try, you know, spin my whole 30s trying to conceive and spend tons of money and just keep doing round after round after round. But I definitely had this drive in me that I was going to figure it out. I was gonna like really figure out what was going on.
0: On your website, you have so many things that are reaching out to women who were in your shoes, who are in your shoes, in ways that you can empower them and support them. You say, your doctor has told you that everything looks fine. Maybe they've told you there's nothing you can do about it. These feelings, I think, of losing control, having no control, They can be so desperate. And and for you, it turned into something that was like a, I'm going to show you how. But for somebody who might be in that exact moment right now, what do they need to hear?
1: That desperation is okay, right? Like, I Mm. literally did the things I did because of desperation. It wasn't, I didn't know what I was doing. like I wish I could tell you that like I knew diet was gonna work I knew that healing my gut was gonna help me get pregnant naturally like yeah these are all things I totally knew it's okay to feel that desperation and that it's valid what I think most people need to hear during any kind of struggle or journey to find their answer um, is that you need to really tap into your intuition and you need to figure out what your body is telling you and where you need to personally go. So I always try to encourage people to take what resonates and just appreciate the stuff that doesn't. From anyone, a doctor, a health coach, a friend. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to just keep exploring because when you're desperate and when you truly don't know where you should go, The reason I stumbled on to the right path for me was because I was willing to listen to anything and everything, read books that had nothing to do with infertility, um, start connecting with people who had autoimmune issues, even though I wasn't presenting with one. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, and just look at different facets and be okay with quote unquote failing. Right. Like you've got to try mm-hmm. different things to figure out what's right for you. And even though, you know, like the experts out there, whether that be functional medicine or Western medicine, they will give you their best guidance. It's always going to be you who knows right. And if you can learn that skill,
0: absolutely,
1: it could be life changing
0: trusting your instincts Mm -hmm. and really connecting back there's going to be so many voices that are going to come into this story and pop into our brain whether we ask for it or not unsolicited or not and to really hone back into what we think in our heart and soul i think that's so essential to remember yeah there are three things that you like to preach about that your doctor isn't telling you about fertility, and I'd love to get into those. So, what is the first thing that we might not be hearing? Yeah,
1: so a
0: positive LH
1: strip, you know, so this is to know if ovulation is coming. So, this is not confirming ovulation, but I know I lived and breathed by those strips for so long. <laughs> and the fact of the matter is, it's only part of the story. It's good information to have because obviously you only have a certain fertile window. This um, kind of testing is really great for people who are dealing with irregular cycles. Um, But it's not the whole story. And for a lot of us, I know that I was sent in for a day 21 test to confirm that my progesterone levels were at a certain level. And yep, clear all good. What can be happening for a lot of women is those can dramatically decrease the very next day. And so it's really important to know if you are maintaining that progesterone at a certain level, because if you're not, that's a really big problem for pregnancy because you need high levels. They should be, and especially when you get pregnant, they like double and triple and they like go off the scale until your placenta takes over. There's a few tests on the market now. I think I always support Prove. That's who I like recommend. It's unfortunately another stick that you have to pee on, so you're not like out of the <laughs> woods of peeing on sticks. But um, it could just be really vital information to gather for you know two to three months, and just feel really secure that you have that information. And whether your levels are high enough, you can leave that alone. It's not a rock you need to look over anymore. You can feel confident with it. Or if they're on the lower end or really low, that's something you can start playing around with either on a holistic functional side of like, why are my hormones doing that? Or I know a lot of people just go to the doctor and get that um, hormonal support um, for the, the second phase.
0: So just so I understand, the thing we have to remember is that the positive LH surge is not a definite confirmation of successful ovulation. And then the second step to that is to get an additional test, like you mentioned, prove, which I'll link in the show notes to really have an understanding of the days surrounding ovulation. Is that correct? uh yeah well not the day
1: surrounding ovulation it's actually that second phase um where your levels are increasing with progesterone to help maintain a healthy pregnancy so it's not really around ovulation it's just um confirming that yeah those levels are continuing on until a successful pregnancy yeah
0: what is the second thing that maybe our doctor is not telling us yeah so thyroid
1: health I mean, this one should be really obvious for uh, doctors. Um, it is part of your endocrine system. So your endocrine systems goes from your brain to your ovaries. So it's completely connected. And I am astounded. I'm just shocked at how many clients and how many people in the community are dealing with thyroid issues and their doctors literally tell them that does not impact your fertility issues where Mm -hmm. I can confidently say that that can be a contributing factor. So it's really important to figure out either the right medication that you want to get on for thyroid support or from me, from a functional side, why you're having thyroid issues in the first place. And there's two main reasons. Obviously, there's um, you can have just like direct thyroid issues, but Most of the clients, well, all of the clients that I've seen, it's either stemming from their gut health. So they have major leaky gut. They're dealing with SIBO, which is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Um, They're eating inflammatory foods. So their gut health is just so weak and that's causing high inflammation in the body. And if you're um, genetically predisposed for autoimmune issues, that can stem to your immune system attacking your thyroid. So it's really pushing Mm -hmm. a lot of issues on your thyroid. Um, The other one is the mental and emotional health, right? Your thyroid actually works from your brain. So if your mental and emotional health and your brain function is not, you have too much stress, you have too much trauma, you have looping patterns, that can put a lot of pressure on your thyroid. And I've literally had a woman, well, I've had a few clients, but a woman in my online course, she did go autoimmune paleo before she joined the course and shows she was coming in to see what else she can do. And it was literally just her stress levels like once she sorted that out like the doctor she was dealing with secondary infertility the doctor's like well it's IUI IVF um IUI didn't work IVF 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 and I said you just need to get a hold of your stress levels because you're doing all the physical things right now and um I think it was like four months later she was pregnant with little boy so
0: you're fighting against yourself <laughs> yeah you know? and it's and it's like you're trying to do this thing. When it's not working, it's only adding more stress, which is the thing that's preventing. Like, yeah, it's a story. I, I, <laughs> oh, it yes, it is. And I think you know, everybody's story is different. Not everything is going to work mm-hmm. for everybody, but. I think just knowing these type of things and getting signs that there could be other things to give us a little bit of control, yeah, <laughs> which we feel like we have none of, can just make us feel so empowered, can get rid of some of that stress, and can just make for hopefully an easier time if we're able to catch it ahead of time. And the third thing that your doctor isn't telling you, which you touched on a little bit, is something that for sure we can get a hold of if we have the opportunity early as a mama in training, as an aspiring mama, to really transform our life in general, not just you know, when we're looking for fertility. Um, so what is that third thing? Yeah, it's your gut health. And I would say, hands down, everyone
1: in the world needs to take control of it, right? Yeah. especially here in America and well even Canada and the United Kingdom everywhere it just controls so much and if you don't even have to like become a gut health expert or learn about the microbiome Mm -hmm. or any of that um you just have to think of it in really simple terms of like everything you put in your mouth your gut has to deal with and the way we survive is eating and drinking right so that's like a like 50% to like 60% of survival. I mean, the other half is the mental and emotional side, but um, so you have to become, you know, very aware of how you feel when you eat certain foods and just get real, real with yourself. It's pretty obvious. Yes, there are sometimes some hidden things that are, are harder to nail down, But the very first place you start is, you know, just get real with yourself. And after a meal, if you feel super bloated, lethargic, you have that blood sugar crash, any of that, just go, okay, what did I eat that my body is obviously telling me that I'm not happy with? And when we do this consistently over and over and over again, we're basically just wearing out. Like our our stomachs are like a big shaggy carpet inside. And basically mm. over time, we just wear those shags down and then it opens up and it allows um, food particles to get into our bloodstream. And then all of a sudden that is where the inflammation and the oxidative stress, and depending on your genetics, it can just affect you know, any and everywhere in your body.
0: I love how you proposed it to us is to just take the observation as the first step, because I think a lot of people hear gut health, they roll their eyes, they think they have to be (laughs) vegan, gluten-free, paleo, all of the, you know, only eat salads or whatever, and (laughs) something that's really strict. And like, for sure, you know, anyone who doesn't know my story, I'm feeling really connected to you and to this story because I have an autoimmune disease that I have now healed through health and lifestyle and diet. And I personally took the choice to like go full hog, you know, to just completely dive in, but you don't need to do that. And for you, I think for you, the listener going in through and taking this first step in just the observation is, um, is just a way of grace to really like, just dip your toe in it and just test it out, see how you're feeling and see what your body's telling you. So, so that's so important. You've now shared with us the top three things that our doctor isn't telling us. I'm sure there are so many things that we need, need to have and need to do when we're struggling with fertility. What would you say is the most important thing to either have or to do when we're struggling with fertility?
1: The most important thing you need is hope. Hope is the driver of change. So you just kind of have to think of it in basic terms. When you get out of bed, you hope it's going to be a good day, right? Because <laughs> like, if, mm-hmm. if you're not thinking that, there's like a little effort to put into... You're already on the downhill yeah, slope. Yeah, you're already on a downhill <laughs> slope. So it's having that hope. And um, that is going to really push you into the physical actions that you need to take everyone has to remember we're physical beings on a physical earth. So as much as I am like woo woo crazy out there, um, we still got to play this physical game, right? And so, um, there's going to be steps that you need to take daily. You need to be consistent, not perfect. And I think that for me personally, and what I've seen with a lot of my clients is when you're done with your own BS, that's when it will happen so like stop beating yourself up that you haven't done a b and c you'll get there you'll you'll get there (laughs) you know as long as you keep moving forward um and then i guess it's just try to hook up with someone a coach a functional medicine doctor someone who gets you who's maybe been in your shoes and walk that journey and can support you in making the right decisions moving forward. It's just life changing. And it's something that I didn't really have. I had a functional medicine coach, um, but he, it was a man. He didn't know anything about infertility. And even though he got me to amazing places, it still was a long journey. I just find that when people utilize, like, say, if you come into my group coaching program, the people who use utilize the live group coaching aspect and ask me questions inside the community, they go so much further in their journey a lot quicker because they're not just throwing darts anymore. And they're actually Absolutely. getting the guidance and the support that just bypass you know, hours of listening to podcasts, just hoping that, you know, that nugget of knowledge will, you know, spark into your brain. So I, I personally think of, if, if I had me at the beginning of my journey, it wouldn't have taken me eight years to get pregnant naturally. It would have taken maybe six months to a year just to have someone with that knowledge and just go, hey, now, The question would be would I have listened to myself at 27 28 (laughs) I don't know but that's why I say it's when you get over your own BS and you're willing to listen to advice and surrender um, Mm. that's when magic starts to happen
0: If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday, so be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at mamasintrainingpod, that's M-A-M-A-S, in training, P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together.